I remember hearing the police officer saying, you don't want to press charges against him. He's the father of your children. Now, one police officer tried to arrest that man who clearly put his hands on me. I went back home with Carter. We went to bed. We went to sleep. When we woke up the next day, Carter went into the bathroom and showered. After showering, he came into our bedroom, acting as if nothing had happened, and casually asked, Why didn't you clean up the blood? I was hurt figuratively and literally. I awoke to a swollen and bruised face. I felt myself become dangerous. Carter ripped that little line inside my mouth from my top lip to my gum and had the nerve to be standing there as though nothing had happened asking me to clean up the blood that he spilled from my face. I saw red. I did the most loving thing I could have ever done for Carter. I picked up the phone and I called his mom and asked, do you love your son? And she replied, yes, of course I love him. Then I asked, do you love him breathing? Before she answered, I continued, can he come home? Carter and I never lived together again. I drove to Fairfield, California and picked up divorce papers. Got a lawyer pro bono and filed for divorce. It broke my heart. A week later, I went into labor. Carter was a reservist. He claimed he was on duty in Hawaii. Mr. and Mr. Carter were vacationing in Texas with family. I needed someone to babysit Allie while I had the baby, but I didn't know anyone. I was all alone with Allie. And all I knew was that I needed to get to the hospital. I did the only thing I could think to do at the time. Through tears, I knocked on the neighbor's door who lived across the street with a bunch of kids and told her that I was in labor and I wasn't from California that I didn't have anyone else to call, and I explained that I needed someone to watch my child. She didn't even hesitate. She ushered Allie into the, her home and asked if I needed a, a ride. I declined and drove myself around the corner to the hospital. What stands out most to me about the birth of my firstborn son is that while I was pushing him out into this world, the nurse kept asking me where my husband was, and I told him that he was on duty. That's when one of the nurses informed me that Carter had picked up whatever paperwork he needed to be excused from duty for the birth of his son. I was in labor. I was so angry. Our son, Polly, was born beautiful and healthy to a mother who, unbeknownst to her, was in the throes of a deep depressive episode. It was as if everything around me was in slow motion. Not long after, Carter returned from wherever he was and had a sad sob story about how he had met God on the beach and that God told him to come home and take care of his family. A part of me wanted to believe that he was serious. His actions showed otherwise. Miss Carter surprisingly came to see me. It was clear that the one thing that she was concerned about was my possi me possibly going back to North Carolina with her granddaughter. She pulled out all the stops and ended with, every marriage has these kinds of bumps in the roads. You just have to wait it out. I don't like to be told what I have to do. I recall being stunned that Miss Carter implied that Mr. Carter abused her back in the day. But then it made sense. When I first moved in with the Carters, Miss Carter and my sister-in-law, Roe, warned me that Mr. Carter was especially moody when he got off of work. I watched Miss Carter and Roe scatter when Mr. Carter came through the door every day. So this one time, I was downstairs when Mr. Carter came in. He went to the refrigerator and 
got a daily beer as usual, and I stood at the island in the kitchen munching on something. I sat down on the couch and thought to myself, he doesn't even seem moody. He looks like he's just having a beer for peace. Miss Carter used her marriage as a shining example. She felt like she'd won because she waited him out. I told her that she and I are unalike because the first chance I got, I would get even. There would be no wait. Miss Carter dropped the subject. So there I was living in an apartment that I couldn't afford with a one-year-old baby and a newborn baby boy. I somehow convinced the landlord to let me get out of my lease. Instead of charging me for breaking the lease, he charged Carter. The babies and I moved into an old studio apartment. It had a bed made in the wall on Ohio Street in Vallejo, California. It turns out that it had mice. And even though I was afraid of cats, my logic was that if I got a cat, it would kill the mice. So I got a white cat named Mandy, knowing I was terrified of cats at the time. My logic worked. Mandy loved bringing me dead mice, and I almost had a heart attack every time.